Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Friday morning headlines. Five voters in Illinois have filed a petition to remove former President Donald Trump from the ballot. They claim that Trump should be off because he encouraged and did little to stop the January 6th attack on the Capitol. The petition is similar to the others that were filed in more than a dozen other states. Today, Austin police will get 25 new police officers as they graduate from the academy. The group is joining the department at a time when it is in the middle of a staffing crisis. Graduation is at 1 this afternoon at Bannockburn Church. Today kicks off free week, Austin's Winter Music Festival at the Red River Cultural District. More than a dozen downtown music venues are hosting new performances from your favorite local musicians. And everyone, every concert is free. You can find the lineup on our website, kxan.com. And as we finish up our last round of cold rain this week, a sunny weekend is finally ahead of us. Good thing on a Friday. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Dylan McKim. That's meteorologist Kristen Curry. Mm -hmm. Kristen, we had some rain yesterday. Yeah. Are we expecting more today? We're pretty much done. All as right. this last round moves out, sunshine takes over for the later part of your Friday. Let's get to it. Clouds and radar showing a little bit of light rain still lingering out towards Bastrop, Lee County, Fayette County. Again, most of the hill country is done with the rain, but as we see that rain clear, here comes the fog. Yet again, fog is an issue for us. We struggled with this yesterday. In fact, a few days this week, we had some fog issues in the morning, and this morning, no different. In Lano, visibility down to less than a quarter of a mile. You'll notice yet again, Gillespie County is struggling with the visibility too. Not quite as widespread at this hour, but as that rain clears, we're likely to see a little bit more fog fill in in its place. So. I would say if you are going to be out and about early, make sure you add in extra fog, 10 minutes to get to where you need to get. You'll be just fine. That fog's not going to linger too long. Temperatures this morning in the 40s and 50s, warmer than what we had yesterday, just relatively speaking, up by about 2 to 15 degrees. More of a pronounced warming trend in our eastern counties. But as far as the numbers go, the temperatures are going to be noticeably milder today. Yesterday, we got stuck in the mid-50s. Today, we're on our way to the mid-60s. Sunshine, um, plenty of it to help get us there. But wait till you see what we got for the weekend. More on that here in just a few minutes. Looking forward to it, Kristen. Thank you. Thousands of jury summonses are now out after Hayes County had to hand deliver them. Yeah, the district clerk Avery Anderson said more than 6,000 jury notices were affected throughout multiple county offices due to an error by a Hayes County vendor. When KXAN spoke with him earlier yesterday, he said that vendor was Tyler Technologies. And around 8 o'clock last night, Anderson said the issue was fixed, adding that the summonses for the remainder of January and early February were sent out to prospective jury members. Attorney Will Hale weighed in on the issue and the impacts it could still have. Any issues that happen with jury summonses have great impact because these are the most significant, most important cases. Ultimate concern in something like this is that they, the trial is delayed because a late notice. Anderson said they will, quote, continue to follow up to ensure that we are in a certain and organized position so that this, this does not occur again, end quote. Well, going in depth, a capital murder trial potentially impacted by the summon error involves the first officer killed ever in the line of duty for San Marcos Police Department. The docket shows a jury trial is set to start for Stuart Metz on Monday.
All of it dates back a while ago to 2017. 58-year-old officer Kenneth Copeland you see there was serving a felony arrest warrant when authorities say Mats opened the door and opened fire, killing him. Students in the community of Perry, Iowa, are still trying to come to grips ahead after a deadly shooting on the first day back to school from the holiday break. Yeah, police say a teen gunman killed a sixth grader and wounded five others at a middle and high school campus. Those hurt include four students and one administrator. Investigators say the shooter was armed with a pump action shotgun and a handgun. Police also found an improvised explosive device while clearing the school. Police have only identified the shooter as 17-year-old Dylan Butler, who died from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. NBC News reports two of his classmates say Butler had been bullied relentlessly since elementary school. NBC's Adrian Brodus from Perry, Iowa, reporting after speaking with the community and one student, Brandon Reyes, describing the moment he arrived at school to find fellow students running away. Good morning. A tough start to the second semester for folks in this Iowa community. A sixth grader was killed and four others injured after a 17-year-old walked into Perry High School and started shooting. Coming up on today, we will hear from students who were inside of the school as well as students who say they knew the shooter and some of the people injured. Like, there's a bunch of kids that ran out and they're like, yo, go back, go back, go back to your car. There's a guy with a, with a gun and I was trembling because it was pretty cold. And when they said that, my heart dropped. And you can catch more of that interview with students coming up on today. NKXAM began looking into how to prevent and avoid these type of tragedies following the deadly Uvalde school shooting. The goal of our Stop Mass Shootings Project is to provide context and explore solutions surrounding gun violence. Read our in-depth reporting under this page on KXAN.com. A father and son, both arrested in connection to the murders of a pregnant San Antonio teenager and her boyfriend, but that couple, the father and son, are facing new charges now. Yeah, police arrested 19-year-old Christopher Preciado and his father, 53-year-old Ramon Preciado. According to the NBC station in San Antonio, the son now faces an abuse of corpse and alter or destroy human charge corpse. Uh, along with his original charge of capital murder. His father had a charge of alter or destroy a human corpse added on after initially facing an abuse of a corpse charge for helping his son move the bodies. Police believe that Christopher Preciado killed 18-year-old Savannah Soto and 22-year-old Matthew Guerra during a drug deal. But Soto's family insists she didn't use drugs and was influenced by her boyfriend. Investigators believe Preciado dumped the bodies at the apartment complex on December 21st, where they were discovered days later. Detectives used surveillance video from that complex and information on Soto's phone to track down the suspect's vehicle. Well, tomorrow marks three years since the attacks on the U.S. Capitol. Police are still looking for people connected to it and another planned attack. Yeah, three years ago today, a suspect placed pipe bombs near the headquarters of the Republican National Committee and Democratic National Committee in Washington, D.C. The FBI, the ATF, and others investigating the attempted attack say that tracking down the suspect is a top priority. And they continue to seek the public's help in identifying the suspect. Authorities say that while the pipe bombs did not detonate, the suspect may still pose a danger to 
the public or even themselves. A $500,000 reward remains in effect for information leading up to that person's arrest and the conviction of that person. If you have any information on who that person might be in that video, please call the FBI. The number will be on our website, but it's also 1-800-CALL-FBI, easy, or submit tips online at tips.fbi.gov. Misunderstanding on the runway leading to this, but different sides that lead to a fiery crash between a Japan Airlines plane and a Coast Guard jet. Plus, the family of a late congresswoman say they're suing a Texas-based healthcare facility why they believe the conditions she was kept in were not safe. We're learning more about the fiery collision between a Japan Airlines plane and a Coast Guard jet. Yeah, transmissions show the air traffic control tower gave the passenger plane permission to land and that the Coast Guard jet was not authorized to enter the runway. The result was a fiery scene that you can see in that video that is still hard to watch. The surviving captain of the Coast Guard plane, however, maintains that he had permission to be on the runway. Five other people on the Coast Guard plane died. All people on the passenger plane survived. National Nurses United says registered nurses in the resident and fellow programs at Ascension Seton Medical Center in Austin have voted to join the National Nurses Organizing Committee. They say 96% of the nurses voted in favor of it and 225 nurses will join. The union says it will represent more than a thousand nurses at Ascension Seton Medical Center here in Austin. Well, coming up, a new law goes into effect to ban diversity, equity, and inclusion offices at Texas college campuses. How some universities are making moves to get around the law. Why New York City's mayor says charter bus companies hired to bring migrants over from the Texas border owe that city $700 million. Good morning, everyone. A live look outside from our camera over in Ibuda at the Rock and Dirt Yard. You can see I-35 right there, the cars driving on that, and then some of the raindrops on the camera. We're talking to Kristen about what else to expect when it comes to your Friday forecast. One day after the stunning attack in a Nevada courtroom, Judge Mary Kay Holtus is back back at work offering gratitude to the staff that got involved when a man she was sentencing to prison stormed the courtroom bench, jumped over the bench and repeatedly struck her. This and similar incidents have drawn concern about the threats and violence that face the judiciary. NBC's Liz Kreutz speaks with retired court martial John Muffler, who estimates the rate of courtroom violence. How common is it to have attacks or threats like this in a courtroom? Attacks like this, these these emotional impromptu acts of violence occur probably daily in courtrooms across the, across the country. Into prison for well, attempted this battery. This morning on today, an update on both the prisoner and the judge, and what can be done to make the nation's courtrooms safer. Well, Kristen, you're joining us now. We saw some rain on mm -hmm. the cameras out there in Buda. We had some rain overnight. You're saying we're in store for a pretty beautiful weekend. Yeah, this is the last of it. This mm -hmm. is going to peter out here within the next couple of hours, and then the sunshine will make its return. Let's get you out on radar here. Clouds and radar showing a little bit of light rain still falling over the I-35 corridor in eastern counties, but this will be it. So we'll try and squeeze out as many raindrops as we can, very light in intensity. Most of us didn't see uh, too much more than a couple tenths of an inch.
inch with the overnight activity. A lot of us even less than that, a few hundredths of an inch. But hey, the, the more the better, right? We are still in a drought. So the fact that this is lingering a little bit longer into the morning, we'll take it. But it is leaving us. It will not come back today. Part of the larger storm system that brought snow to the panhandle late last night into the overnight hours. I've got some video to show you coming up. But this storm system is going to continue to make its way east as it clears a little bit of leftover drizzle, but more fog to contend with. Rock and Dirt Yard camera there in Buda kind of shows me still some of those light raindrops. A lot of this is drizzle, but wet roads and temperatures on the cool side, upper 40s to low 50s as you're walking out the door. And the visibility, like I said, impacted by that fog. Lano, Fredericksburg, and Mason in particular standing out to me with some of those lower visibilities. We dealt with it yesterday. We'll deal with it today. We know what to do. Slow the speeds. Allow some extra time to get from A to B this morning. Temperatures, though, this afternoon climbing. We're talking mid-60s. A little bit warmer than normal, despite the fact that we've spent the last couple of days cooler than average. And the difference being the sunshine. That would be the difference maker for us today and into the weekend because we we are pretty much putting that colder weather on hold. The mornings will still be cold, yes. But look at the weekend numbers, 64 Saturday, 63 Sunday, plenty of sunshine to help get us there. Make some outside plans this weekend because there is a good chunk of the country who's not going to be able to uh, be outside this weekend because of the weather. We're getting spoiled with how nice we're being treated by Mother Nature this weekend until Monday. Monday, we've got another strong cold front coming in. This one's going to have a little bit more of a punch with it. One, we've got better storm coverage here, so scattered storms still anticipated on Monday. The severe storm risk looks to now be a little further east, so that's going to be in our benefit. Not expecting as many storms, if any, to be on the strong to severe side here in central Texas, but boy, is it pretty close to our eastern counties. We're going to watch that closely. I think a lot of the storm activity as far as the severe storms will be east of of Central Texas, but the winds that follow that cold front next week, whoo, they're going to be bad. So here's your big heads up today, tomorrow and Sunday. Beautiful. Once that rain and that fog clears this morning, you're good to go. But Monday, big changes with the winds, potentially a strong to severe risk, but a 50% chance of storms and showers tied in with that cold front. Very windy on Tuesday. Temperatures will be cooler. Drop into the 30s Tuesday morning. Highs only making it to the 50s. So plan on some active weather when we come back next week. I promised you that video. Here it is. Yeah, a little bit of thunder snow there. Thunder heard rumbling overhead as rain, snow, and sleet fell in parts of Texas late last night. This video is actually right from the Lubbock area. The Texas Panhandle braced for winter weather conditions. Some areas even put under a winter weather advisory yesterday. The snow was brought in by that same storm that brought us the rain overnight. Cities such as Amarillo saw anywhere from about an inch to up to six inches of snow in some spots in the Panhandle. That low pressure system also brought in some gusty winds anywhere from about 20 to 30 miles per hour in addition to the precip. There was also a chance of frigid wind chills up there. So the Texas Panhandle certainly saw the wintry side of this storm, but we enjoy the rain down here at home. The family of the late Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson from North Texas claims she died a terrible, painful death because of negligence. Attorneys say Johnson's son Kirk found his mother in her own waist while visiting her at a rehab facility after her back surgery in September. The son also said his mom repeatedly tried pushing the call button for help and that the nursing station was unattended. 
Attorneys say the lab reports show the bacteria caused an infection that eventually caused Johnson's death on Sunday, shortly after her 89th birthday. The family plans to sue Baylor Scott and White Health System and its Institute for Rehabilitation. A spokesperson with Baylor Scott and White sent this statement to the NBC station in Dallas. Quote, Congresswoman Johnson was a longtime friend and champion in the communities we serve. She is an inspiration to all. We are committed to working directly with the Congresswoman's family, family members, and their counsel. Out of respect for patient privacy, we must limit our comments, end quote. A revamp, rename, and even remove. Those are some of the options public colleges and universities are taking to comply with a new Texas law that went into effect this year. It bans them from having diversity, equity, and inclusion offices. Okay, Xan's Will Dupree found out there are now efforts underway to monitor how closely the law is followed and if it's going to be implemented way too far. When students at the University of Texas at Austin returned to classes in less than two weeks, they may notice one office changed its name. It now goes by the division of campus and community engagement after dropping the word diversity to comply with the new state law. Senate Bill 17 requires public universities like those in the UT system to no longer have offices dedicated to promoting DEI. We've always known that we would need to monitor them every step of the way. Sherry Sylvester says her organization, the Conservative Texas Public Policy Foundation, will soon launch a tool where students and faculty members can report suspected violations of the law. Our goal is every student, regardless of their opinion, should be free to speak and not feel like that they are being coerced under this ideology. This law does not apply to what professors can teach or the types of student groups. So for example, if a black student group wants to bring in a speaker from Black Lives Matter, they are full within their rights under Senate Bill 17 to do so. Antonio Ingram says the NAACP Legal Defense Fund has a network of contacts helping to make sure exceptions to the law are followed. And so I think it's really important to, to note uh, that students in this new landscape actually have a lot of power and have a lot of ability to continue to cultivate these experiences um, in their individual and student group capacities. Will Dupree, KXAN News. Will tells us that the University of Texas at San Antonio announced it's abandoning efforts of its own Office of Inclusion Excellence. The president wrote this week it's no longer made sense to launch the new office. Going in depth here, the University of North Texas announcing last month that its new Center for Belonging and Engagement, which is a restructured version of its DEI office that is in compliance with SB 17. The university's president said in a statement, quote, in aligning with the requirements of this new law, UNT will continue to support all students, including our first generation, low income and underserved students. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, Longhorn men. Open Big 12 play tomorrow night at Moody against Texas Tech. Longhorns going through the non-conference, a couple of losses. The highlight, well, one of them was certainly the last second win at the Garden over Louisville. The next night, they lose to reigning champ UConn. Played them tough, though, shorthanded. Now they've got everybody back. They had a tough loss against Marquette. And, well, Longhorns full roster. A good idea of what this team is about through the non-conference and now ready for conference play, looking to grow more. The one thing I noticed... Uh, through non-conference that we have the ability to be a really good team. You know, you start the season, you think you're going to be good. And then whenever you get 
into actual games, you figure out what your ceiling can be. And I think we can take this as far as we want. Something that we need to work on, you know, defense is always a big piece with Coach Terry, uh, our offensive fluidity. I mean, at this point in the season, you're trying to get better at everything because if you're at your peak at the beginning of January, you're not going to play late into March. So we're working on every aspect of our game. Well, Victor Wembayama turned 20 on Thursday. He's five years younger than Brock Cunningham. Spurs hosting the Bucks, and how about that nifty move from Wembayama? This one comes down to the final minute. Wembayama knocking down the three of his 27 points, but right at the other end, it is Giannis and Ron Giannis going to the basket angry. He gets the slam, he gets the foul, he scores 44. Spurs have a chance to send it to overtime. Good look, but Trey Jones comes up short. Spurs lose. They have, are sitting, rather, on five victories this season. PGA Tour is underway on the island of Maui. Sahith Digala has a one-shot lead. You can watch action from the century this weekend right here on KXN. Both Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth, two shots off the lead after the first round. Back to you. Well, how one uh, realty company wants big moves to create a new future for Austin's entertainment district as violence on 6th Street continues to make a not-so-great reputation.